Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, hear from Commissioner Adam Silver, fresh off the Board of Governors, instituting a new rule that prohibits resting two-star players. We have all the details on that. Plus, hear from Giannis himself on his future in Milwaukee and what is required for him to be a lifelong member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Also, Draymond Green, he made his thoughts clear on the ongoing GOAT point guard debate in an NBA Today exclusive. So, of course, Big Perk, he gives us a big list of his own. We start right now. Welcome to NBA Today. She is Ramona Shelburne. She is Chinea Gumake in New York. He is back from vacation, the one and only Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> I'm Malika Andrews. Perk, how was the cruise? You know what? I underestimated the cruise, and I really enjoyed myself. It was like 35 of us, you know what I'm saying, They had Ooh. Unlimited eating. The buffet was phenomenal. I I posted up, and it was like a family reunion. I actually played spades and dominoes on the top deck with complete strangers, right? That I didn't even know. It was the best time of my life. Yeah, I was. I I was in the below deck. You got dominoes. You got all-you-can-eat buffet. (laughs) This sounds like a dream. I mentioned it at the top of the show. We are glad Mm -hmm. to have you back with us, Perk. The Board of Governors met earlier today. The buzz around the league is the new player resting policy. We are expecting to hear live from Adam Silver at any moment. But before we get to that, I do want to talk about what the governors voted on. They approved a tougher resting policy and punishments for star players who sit out games. The rule would give the league authority to hand out some pretty hefty fines if players are resting on key games. That means over a million dollars, for instance, if they do this multiple times. You can see some more of the rules that are on your screen right here. Teams must manage their roster to ensure no more than one star player is unavailable for the same game. Star players, they must be available for national television and in-season tournament games. We, We gave you all a list yesterday of who the players are that constitute as quote-unquote star players. But Perk, we've talked a lot on this show about whether or not it is fair to fans to not see the players that they pay for, particularly in these enormous nationally televised games. Do you like this change? Do you think it's going to have an impact this season? You, You know what's been happening this summer, right? Adam Silver, they've been pulling out the Febreze, the Clorox, the brooms, the mops, and they've been cleaning up. They've been cleaning house, and that's exactly what needs to happen. I actually love this rule. We didn't heard plenty of stories. We heard our very own Richard Jefferson talk about, you know, people spending their hard-earned money to go see certain uh, players play, and when they, you know, get to these games, these players are resting. Look, you get paid great money to play the game of basketball. If you're not injured, if you're not hurt, you should be performing. Again, guys like Kobe and Jordan and Elijah Warren, those guys wasn't missing games for rest. Those guys wanted to play 82 games. And I'm glad this rule is in place because we owe it to the fans. 
I'm standing with Adam Silva on this one. I love this rule. If, if you know, if you're on the road, then if the players are available, especially the franchise players, all-star caliber players, they need to be available for the fans. So there were points of emphasis when there were new collective bargaining agreement talks, right? Yep. Points of emphasis on the networks wanted to see star players in nationally televised games. Owners wanted players mm -hmm. to live up to their contracts. If you make a commitment to a team, you can't just ask out the following season and, and the trade to request. You've seen what you're talking about, Perk, this kind of trying to enforce things with fines. You said Damian Lillard get fined, James Harden. Let's see how they enforce this. To me, that's all this comes down to. There's a whole long screen that you showed there, right there, Malik, with all the rules, yeah. and how you have to put documentation in, and how they have to. I want to see the enforcement. Yeah. Okay, I because it comes down to, all right, let's say, let's just pick Joel Embiid. Let's say he's got a, a little sore back, and maybe this game is a good game for him to rest. You going to question the medical on that? Is, are you going to question the medical on Steph Curry? Are you going to question the medical on LeBron James? I mean, I know there's exceptions that are built in for some of the older players, but yeah. let's see the enforcement and how it's done because that'll that'll tell us if there's any teeth. To We're going to get into some of those ins and outs a little bit later with Bobby Marks. As you mentioned, if a player is older than 35, if they played so many minutes, if they've made this many all-star teams, those are the types of players where the league will take a little bit of a harder look at whether yep. or not they're resting. But Shanae, as a player who has experienced injuries, a player who has sort of been on all sides of this, what do you think of this new policy? Yeah, initially, I agree with Perk, obviously. You know, the the greats, they're the ones that have, you know, Giannis comes to mind where he has this mindset of, like, the greats are all dealing with obsession. Like, they want to be out there. They want to play the best game. But at the same time, as a player who has been on all sides, as you mentioned, Malika, I always think this could be a game of semantics, right? Mm. So I think the big issue here is, okay, the designation of the word rest, does that mean we change it to an actual body part or an injury or some kind of something more specific Correct. so that you can keep that going? I see two sides. I've seen guys suit up because it's a nationally televised game, and I've seen people rest because that's what they needed as well. So it's hard. It will come down to jurisdiction, but I do think at the end of the day, it will be a game of semantics to see that they get their star players to the finish line. Yeah, absolutely. So right now there are 15 teams that have multiple stars according to the league's definition. And the league's definition is someone who's made the all-star and all-NBA teams in any of the three previous seasons. Just real quick, Ramona, yeah. what, what is the early reaction here from players who could be affected by this rule? Well, I, I talked to someone today who said essentially they're just doing something to say that they did something. There's this idea that there is a mechanism in place to find a team or find find a team if it's an egregious situation. If it's something where, you know, we all know those games. We've seen those games where four or five guys will sit and it's a nationally televised game. And, and then now there's a mechanism for the NBA to do something about it. We saw that with the tampering rules earlier this summer, as Perk referenced. Um, and, but their initial reaction is, uh, I don't think players think of this as a big issue. They think, if anything, I think a lot of times players feel like the teams are the ones that are making them sit out, that they would mm. play more, but the team is the one telling them to rest. Right, and that's sort of a balance, right? Because some teams mm. then would also turn around and say, well, we said that maybe you could be available, but yeah. this is the treatment of star players, and potentially that could eliminate some of this back and forth. As I mentioned earlier, we are waiting to hear for the very first time from Adam Silver about these new rule changes and so much more at the Board of Governors. We will bring you his comments immediately as soon as he steps up to that podium. Um, but Kendra Perkins, before we go to break, I know you were just on vacation, uh, but it didn't seem like you rested a whole lot. 
during your Craig was online. Time. I mean, look at this. StatMuse, were you running their account while they were gone? Because it's fun fact, since 2000, Kendrick Perkins has more playoff wins than... Amazing. That was a long list. 24... More than half the league. 24 of 30 teams. More than half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know what? The haters go say, the haters are gonna say, oh, he played with eight Hall of Famers and all this. I don't wanna hear none of that. I played my role, and damn it, I got the wins. Whether I was playing or averaging 1,500 claps or being the leader in the locker room, I played my role, and I, I you know, I'm a winner. And with I'm that, a winner. carry on. I don't know how to lose. I don't know how to lose. He said, there I is am a step for everything, isn't there, Malika? <laughs> There's a staff for everything, and hey, if it props up our guy Kendrick Perkins, just to remind folks, if you don't know, now you know. There it is for Mr. Perkins. Yeah. All right, still to come on NBA Today, Giannis. He's teaming up with who, Ramona? Did you hear this? The two-time MVP. Oh. He may be adding something new to his repertoire next season, but wait until you hear who he is working out with, because famously, he doesn't work out with current NBA stars. Mm -hmm. Plus, the WNBA, the playoffs, they tip off tonight on the ESPN family of what network. So is it a two-team race between the Aces and the Liberty, or can we see a little up Set, a dark horse emerges and NBA champ Nikola Jokic. I love this guy. He celebrated the Serbian national team when they returned to their country in a way that only he can. NBA Today will be back after this. I thought this. he didn't celebrate. I thought he didn't. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. NBA Today is brought to you by Miller Lite. Great taste, 96 calories. Tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. The WNBA playoffs, they tip off tonight. But first, a little shout-out to Brianna Stewart. She was named the AP Player of the Year on Tuesday. Get this, beating Aces Asia Wilson by just one Ooh. vote. The league MVP award is going to be handed out on September 26th. But for more on the playoffs, here's our very own Rebecca Lobo. Since February, one topic has dominated conversation around the WNBA. Super team. Super team. People say super team. I'm cool with the super team narrative. These super teams and their stars did not disappoint. Money! And now, here we are. The Aces and Liberty are the top two seeds, with six other teams itching to knock out the heavyweights. Dominate, dominate, dominate. 
The Connecticut Sun made it to the finals a year ago and remain a championship contender. Thomas with vengeance. They're powered by their engine. Alyssa Thomas, the first player ever to lead the league in both total rebounds and assists in the same season. The Dallas Wings are trying to win their first playoff round since 2009. They can't guard me. While the 2019 champion Washington Mystics are finally healthy and led by a two-time MVP who just narrowly missed another 50-40-90 season. Which stars will shine brightest these playoffs? Many have been here before. WNBA champions! Some are trying to make their mark on the championship stage for the first time. Oh, Who will be the legends of this fall? We're not done! Stay tuned. The WNBA playoffs are here. The WNBA playoffs are here, and it feels like, Shanae, we've entered the official super team era. Do you think that that has changed sort of the makeup of how we look at these playoffs? Absolutely. I think there are great expectations at the top, but as someone who knows what it's like to play against all the teams in the playoffs, it's not going to be an easy route. Yep. But since we're talking super teams, let's start with obviously Vegas. They have the best record. They have Asia Wilson. They have a strong starting lineup. I think sometimes you have question marks around Candace Parker not being there and the impact that has because you've seen, oh, of course, you're going to pick the highlights against my squad first. Okay. <laughs> I see yeah. what y'all doing over here. I, I, I'm going to blame yeah. producer, producer David up for that one. <laughs> Come on, Davidson, but it's all good. I think their defense has slipped a little bit, but still their offense is just as potent, if not more potent. So, you know, Aces, obviously, top best record, but the New York Liberty, they have not lost back-to-back -back games. Mm. So you, you think going into a season, a postseason, if they're able to bounce back, how will you manage who wins the first game and how things go after that? And then largely the field. I mean, there are wild cards out there. You look at, for me, it's the Dallas Wings. When they get going and start yeah. knocking down shots, they're hard to stop. They've got Arike, they've got Satu, they've got a lot of improved players. So, yes, we talk a lot about the super teams, but there are teams out there, including the Mystics, that got Elena Deladon back yep. at the right time that can make really big pushes this postseason as well. Let's talk a little bit more about the Mystics and that Liberty matchup. That's a perfect segue, Chanae, because, Ramona, I know you've been talking to some players on, on the Liberty. What is their view of maybe not having to look ahead of this team that's getting right at the right time? You know, Brianna Stewart told me essentially home court is huge in this series because they got everybody back. Like Deladon is back, Atkins is back, and this is important for the Liberty to, in a short series, to have that home court advantage. Even though they played really well towards the end of the season, they they have an identity now. They know how they want to play. And she said we have to focus on ourselves and trust in each other in the way that we play. That's important when you're going up against Elena Deladon. That's not your typical seven seed. Yeah. Plus, not to mention, we know Roswell and Woody was on the show the other day break, breaking down what Brittany Sykes can do. Yep. They have so <laughs> many weapons, Swim. right? So many weapons on this Mystics team that it's, it's not a gimme, right? This is one that they're going to have to take incredibly seriously. All right. It all goes down tonight. The WNBA playoffs, they tip off with a doubleheader. Same format as last year, right? Best of three first-round series. The Lynx, they take on the Sun at 8 Eastern. That's on ESPN2. Then the Sky, I can't wait. They face the top-seeded Aces on ESPN, the app. It all begins with WNBA countdown at 7. That is what Shanae has left us, and she is in New York City. But that is not all. The playoffs, they continue on Friday. Game one between the Mystics and the Liberty, 8 Eastern on ESPN2. And then that's when the Dreams square off against the Wings.
Still to come on NBA Today, Giannis Attentacumpo, he talked about his future in Milwaukee on his very per- first podcast. I found that hard to believe. He'd never done one before. And Kendrick Perkins, he has some thoughts that you're going to want to hear. And now that the league has tightened up rules against resting star players, we bring in Bobby Marks and hear from Adam Silver. His first thoughts in just a couple of minutes. Plus, Big Perk, he is back. And that means his big list is too. It ain't my list. It's not Chanae's list. It's not Ramona's list. It's Big Perk's big list of best point guards of all time. watching NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. So the NBA Board of Governors met earlier today, and of course the headline is this new player resting policy. Well, moments ago, Commissioner Adam Silver, he spoke to reporters about that very change. It, it's, it's a shared view by everyone in the league. It's not just coming from the league office, I think, whether it's our teams, our players association, individual players. I think there's an acknowledgement across the league that we need to return to that principle, that this is an 82-game league. And that, of course, doesn't mean that we're turning the clock back, that players are expected to play through injuries, or that players, frankly, never need rest. But I think it's, there's a statement of a principle that if you're a healthy player in this league, that the expectation is that you're going to play. So I'm, with that, happy to answer any questions you have. If you have any questions, raise your hand. We'll bring a microphone. And as always, name and affiliation. Who would like to start us off today? It's a very slow group. We'll start with Mike Vorkanoff in the second row. Uh, Mike Vorkanoff, The Athletic. Not used to going first. It's a lot of pressure. Um, With the the new policy, how long had you been working on this? Um, how much input was there from the Players Association? And do you uh, worry that this might be seen as kind of an uh, over-interjection by the league into player and team health choices? Um, in terms of how long we've been working on it, I'd say with a, with a more serious focus, roughly in the last year, it became part of, part of collective bargaining. I should say it, the, the player participation policy is part of many steps we've taken, whether it's in the bargaining agreement itself, the 65-game limit for eligibility uh, for awards, creating different incentives for players, you know, like the play-in tournament, for example, like the in-season tournament to to focus attention on the regular season. But the policy itself, I think it was the Players Association um, was very much part of it. Um, we had extensive discussions with them and then with individual groups of players, particularly veterans in the league, um, about um, how they thought we should be approaching it. And I, the last part of your question, yes, I, I do worry about infringing on how a team operates. And while we want to have, state a strong principle, I would say, at least initially, we're taking a somewhat light touch here. I think in, in, under the notion that change will probably happen here incrementally. I think we'll state this principle, see how teams react, and see if more needs to be done. But I, th- I think most importantly, there's a sense from all the different constituent groups in the league that this is ultimately about the fans. and that. We've taken this too far. I mean, this is an acknowledgement that it's gotten away from us a bit. And that particularly, I think, when you see young, healthy players who are resting and it becomes maybe even more no- notion of stature around. 
ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Second row in the middle, Vinny. Vince Gore, y'all sports. Adam, mostly what the media has been told throughout this is that the science determines whether a player should sit or if he should play depending on the schedule. A lot of that comes from the teams as opposed to the players, at least the perception is. What is the the pie on that from what the team feels like is the best for them versus the players feeling like what's best for them versus the league that has a bigger picture to worry about? Honestly, that's what I had been told as well, that it was the science. And I think it may be why the league um, didn't become involved maybe as deeply as we should have earlier on. And part of the discussion today was about the science. And frankly, the science is inconclusive. I think if there, and I've said this before, if the science were clearer that players should be resting, we would be favoring it. And frankly, I'd be delivering the message to the fans even that you want these players to rest at certain times because that's going to keep them healthier and performing at a higher level and ensuring that they're on the floor at critical parts times in the season. What we talked about today is that the, the correlation, putting aside causation, isn't there even with players who participate in summer competitions like World Cups and Olympics. They are not more likely to get injured in that season. We don't see any statistical data suggesting that players um, increase their likelihood of getting injured as they go further along in the season or even in back-to-backs, which may surprise people. And I think one of the things we're all learning with data and science is not to take anything for granted. Um, see Sudafed, <laughs> most latest, latest disclosure, that something we all thought was clearly working maybe isn't. But I think in the case here, that part of the commitment here for from the league office is we are putting together a group of team doctors and scientists and others and trying to better understand it. One thing I want to make clear, that the message to our teams and players is not that rest is never appropriate. And I realize there's a bit of an art to this, not just the science, and that's with the hands-on trainers and coaches who are talking to players and saying, how do you feel? I'm certainly not saying that's not relevant. I think, at least in the first instance, in terms of this policy, we're trying to deal with some of the most egregious examples where multiple star players, for example, healthy, healthy, all out on the same night, healthy, healthy. And I think that's, we're letting down the fans, we're letting down our partners by doing that. But at the same time, we're stating a principle in terms of an 82-game league and saying, let's all work together. And I think that's, that was, I, th- I thought, uh, 
the best news coming out of, of this policy, whether it was with the Players Association, individual players, or with our teams over the last two days, everyone is acknowledging this is an issue, and it's an issue for the fans. So there was the adoption of the policy was unanimous. There was full support from the Players Association. I think, though, people were also saying, well, let's see what this means in practice. What does it mean when a league doctor is coming in and separately looking at a player's health? I, I do think this will, this policy will deal with the more most egregious examples, and we'll go from there. And I just think, lastly, that you know, even though the teams are highly competitive um, with each other, they shouldn't be competing when it comes to health and the, the science of performance and care for our players, especially since contracts have gotten shorter, players move from team to team. And I think we're declaring also there's more to be learned here. And I think rather, you know, in all seriousness, like the Sudafed example, uh, saying let's really not just take for granted somebody saying load management. Well, of course you need to rest after this many days. Let's really study it and understand it and see if there are changes we need to make. And it may turn out, you know, a lot of the older players by that, I mean, now at this point, retired players, when I first became in the league, used to believe that they were more likely to get injured if they took nights off, that it would, they would get out of rhythm. And in some cases, maybe played fewer minutes, but they played. And that's something we want to look at as well. Second row on your left, Simone. Hmm, really interesting. The most egregious examples. That's what Adam Silver is saying that they are looking to crack down on, that the league is looking to crack down on. So here's just a reminder of some of the rules for resting a star player. And again, that is defined as someone who made an all-star or all-NBA team in the last three seasons. So a couple of things stand out to me just as I'm perusing through this right here. No more right than one star player can sit out a game. Stars must be available for national TV and in-season tournament games. And then the fines, that's really what makes your eyes pop out a little bit. They could be over a million dollars. You can read the rest on your screen. And also Bobby Marks had an incredibly detailed story on all of this on ESPN.com. And look who we had hey. here, our front office insider, Bobby Marks, joining us to help break all of this down. Because, Bobby, it's not new that there is a resting policy for players, right? Like we saw that in 2017 as you detail this in your story. But what's your biggest takeaway from this new resting rule? Well, I think certainly the inability to rest multiple players uh, in, a, in a single game, that's not a national TV game. I think uh, resting a player for a national TV game, and I think it's going to be interesting to focus on those teams that have multiple all-star or, or star players, mm. whether it be Phoenix or um, you know certainly Minnesota with uh, with that group there, the Golden State Warriors. I think the big thing too, is, uh, Malik, is that a player that is not deemed a star right now. So let's example Mikael Bridges or Tyrese Maxey could be deemed a star come the All-Star break if they are selected to the All-Star uh, game here right. and. You know, that's the big that's the big one. I mean, the second biggest one, and I think we're going to see how it plays out with Damian Lillard and James Harden, is that the days of shutting down a player that's maybe involved in trade talks mm. is no longer going to happen anymore. Great where point. if Portland and Lillard mm. come to an agreement saying, we're, you know, we're going to shut you down, well, the NBA is going to step in and say, no, we're going to fine you, and we're going to fine you significantly here. Well, what about a player, though, Bobby, mm. like – I don't know, like a Victor Wembanyama, right? Because he doesn't qualify as a star mm. by the league's definition, but I think that's sort of what we all already view him as or, and are covering him as. 
Yeah, so he does not fall under that star. He's got star appeal, right? right? But he does not have fall under the criteria of being a star. I think that's going to be the interesting person to keep an eye on, especially for a San Antonio team that's 18 national television games here. Does the league somewhere, was it whether it be November or December, maybe tweak that criteria a little bit where a player like Wembenyama falls into that? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I was going to say. Well, I think ahead. it's also like this. Let's pull back on the curtain on how this is actually in practice. Okay, mm -hmm. teams get their schedule. They look at the schedule, and there's certain games. There's five games in seven nights, or there's four and six, or whatever it is. And there's the medical team will just highlight right away danger games. Like these are the games that we're probably going to sit our stars. And if it happens to fall on a, on a national TV game, so be it, right? And this is how it's been done in mm. practice for many years. And I think as the season goes on, whether somebody's dealing with an injury, you see Anthony Davis there. Last year, the Lakers were resting him on back-to-backs. They didn't necessarily say that. And then he caught some flack one time when he rested on the back-to-back -back as they were trying to get into the play-in tournament. Yeah. What this does is brings it all out into the open. This idea that you have to plan for this, that you have to call the league and submit paperwork. Because in the past, teams would do this, and they, they might call the commissioner's office, they might the, the league might get involved, but they had no teeth to enforce anything that what Adam Silver was talking about was, quote-unquote, egregious. And you right. see these egregious violations. And I think this gives the league something to do here. Whether right. they'll do it or not, whether they'll enforce it or not, remains to be seen. Perk? It's, it's two words that stood out to me for us hearing Adam Silver speak. It was fans that he said multiple times or maybe mm -hmm. several times. And then he said partners. And what do fans and partners bring? They bring the moolah, the lettuce, <laughs> the money. And the NBA is a multi-billion dollar empire. You're not going to affect the money, the income. National, tele national televised games, that's money. Everything about the world revolves around money. So at the end of the day, if fans are paying their hard-earned money, if these partners are paying for advertisement, whether that's on television or whether that's on the jersey or whatever the case may be, it comes down to the lettuce, and you're not going to affect the lettuce of the NBA. Right. I think back to – I think there's also going to be a fair amount of players that really have no problem with this. Yeah. I think back to what Anthony Edwards said sort of around the All-Star break last year where he felt like there was just too much resting. You think about Giannis Antetokounmpo, yeah. who wears it as a, as a stamp of honor. Julius Randle. Mm -hmm. Julius Randle, for a long time, had not missed consecutive games for years and years and years. Those are the players that I don't think are going to have to worry about this, but there's a certain number of teams that at a certain <laughs> point in the season they're going to have to look around and say, oh, shoot, we can't rest rest both LeBron and Anthony Davis on the same back-to-back. -back. We're going to have to plan and stagger all of this out, and I know that as this comes into practice, we're going to be seeing a whole lot more of Bobby Marks explaining all of this to us. One team, though, that is going to be affected, I think, uh, quite significantly by this new rule is the Golden State Warriors, and we're going to get into them still to come on our show here because Draymond Green, he joined NBA Today exclusively and gave his take on the best point guard of all time. But Big Perk, he has a big list of his own that we need to get in. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. <laughs> Epic saga of war, passion, and power. 
magic come? FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Do you view this season as a failure? <sighs> oh my God. Every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal. It's not a failure, it's steps to success. There's always steps to it. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days you are able to be successful, some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports about. You don't always win. And this year, somebody else is going to win. Similar as that, we're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits. Hopefully, we can win a championship. So, it's been 140 days since Giannis and the Bucks were bounced from the first round of the playoffs. And you can hear it, Ramona. The loss, yeah. when he talks about it, it is still nagging at him at the two-time MVP. And, of course, when the expectations for a franchise and for a star or as high as they are for Milwaukee questions, they start to swirl a little bit about just how long Giannis is going to stay in Milwaukee. Well, lucky for all of us, Giannis himself, he talked about it when he joined Ross Geiger, Bruce Bernstein, and the 48 Minutes podcast. As long as we play and we approach the game every single day the right way and we all sacrifice for a common goal, I can see myself being in Milwaukee Bucks for the rest of my career. But the moment I feel like people are not committed as, a, as, as I am to get that uh, golden pin in the back, I, I, I am not. You know, I am I'm a Milwaukee Buck, but most importantly, I'm a winner. I want to win. And uh, I have to do whatever it takes for me to win. And if there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, I, I have to take that better situation. I think a lot of people are like, oh, why, why was this the first podcast that Giannis ever joined? Just a, a little bit of background on Ross. He was with the Bucks for two years, and he was sort of Giannis's liaison, right, early on. He helped learn, him learn how to drive on his super. He ah. told a great story on that podcast about him driving through the snow and Giannis literally leaning out the window and, like, wiping down <laughs> the outside so they could get through the snow as they were driving. <laughs> but that's not what has been making headlines today. It's not the snow story as much as I loved it. It is Giannis saying that he needs to see the Bucks pushing towards winning once again if he's going to commit to him long term to commit to them rather long term so what's your reaction to this well first and foremost i'm surprised it's not the Gnosis's podcast but it's right. good and another shout out though <laughs> uh bruce bernstein on that yep, podcast yep. was one of the Legend. ogs at Legend. espn love him heart bruce uh, that's a great pod and a great get the thing that i heard that actually shook me a little bit is mm. i'm a buck but Anytime you hear the word but, then you're like trying to put out a statement or at least defend yourself or defend your point of view, which he has every right to do. I am a winner, followed that afterward. And to me, that's the absolute fact. He has done everything under the sun. MVP, defensive player, all NBA, won a championship, won. But he knows that his career will be predicated on legacy, and that's multiple championships. He's a winner, and he wants to win more, and he does not want to waste his time. You saw that drive to the rim. He knows how hard he plays. He knows that he has to maximize the time that he is, quote-unquote, the most dominant, but we all know the best player in the NBA, as we've had those debates the last few years on where that has gone when he's healthy and on the floor. Yeah. So I have no problems with him saying the quiet thing out loud, and I'm actually happy, like, join more pods, Giannis, because, like, this is a good thing. This is a good vibe. He's not just. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's an incredible storyteller. Listening, I was like, yeah, no, no, I want to hear more. I want to hear yeah. more. That butt piece, though, my mama, the grammar police, she always used to say, Malika, when you don't want to negate the thing before, say and. Don't say but. <laughs> yep. So maybe there's uh, a little bit of a negate going on there. But Perk, are the Bucks 
Pressure is the word that comes to mind, man. Like pressure when I start to think about what the Milwaukee Bucks need to do to keep a star happy, the, t- the clock is ticking. How much pressure are they under? Well, what else can they do? And if I'm Giannis's teammates, I feel a little bit disrespected because the Bucks have done everything in their power to make sure that they put the pieces around Giannis to be successful. I mean, Jesus Christ, they had the best record in the league last uh, season. They just came up short to the Miami Heat, and it was a failure. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to being aggressive in the offseason, didn't the Bucs make the trade to get Drew Holiday? I mean, like, think about the pieces that they added. They added Malik Beasley uh, this offseason, which I love. They signed back uh, Jay Crowley. You still have Bobby Portis. You have a championship caliber team and a team that has shown you time and time again that we're willing to jump off the porch for you. So I really don't get where this energy is coming from. I understand sometimes. And with Giannis, you don't have to have a negotiating uh, type tactic because he's going to get the super max and whatever the Bucs could offer him or any team regardless. But at the end of the day, the Bucks have done more than they possibly can and they will continue to do and and make sure they put pieces around Giannis to make sure that he delivers another or help him try to deliver another championship. Perk, all, all of that is correct, and yet the reality is the Bucks have one first-round pick that they can trade to improve the team, and that would be either in 2020, 2029 or 2030. Yeah. And this is just the reality of a star in the NBA. This is LeBron James in Cleveland towards the end, LeBron James in Miami towards the end. You use all of your assets to improve the team, to give them the best chance to win, and then you don't have any more assets left, and the star has to to decide if they want to stay. The Warriors are so lucky and so smart in the way that they have managed Steph Curry's career in lining up players to go alongside with him, but also who are on the same age timeline. They tried that whole youth movement to pass the torch, didn't work, pulled the ripcord on that. Real He's going to roll with Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and now Chris Paul until the wheels fall off. The Bucks now have this conversation with Giannis, and he has framed it himself all summer long by saying what he said to the New York Times and in this podcast. But he said it before. Yeah. He has said this before. It has been sourced. It has been on the record. Yep. I've wrote it. We're taking flat. All yep. of this sort of thing. What does Giannis care about? Winning. Giannis Attentacumpo mm-hmm. is a winner. And so on paper, Perk, I agree with you. But can Chris Middleton get back to that all-star level? Because last year we didn't quite see that. Brooke Lopez, he's getting up there. Is he still going to be that stretch center that is so unique in the NBA? Can they shore up their backup point guard position? Because Javon Carter, I don't see him around anymore. Yeah. And so that Campaign those, would look good there. Right. I like that, Ramona. All right, we got a lot more time to get into the Milwaukee Bucks. More NBA Today coming up after this. We have more fresh sound from Adam Silver that you're going to need to hear. Welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. We have seen a whole lot of high-profile trade requests this summer. I'm thinking about Damian Lillard. I'm thinking about James Harden. And today, after the Board of Governors meeting, Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, he weighed in. In terms of trade demands, of course, don't like them. As a league, want players and teams to honor their contracts. And I'm watching both the situation in Portland and Philadelphia and hope, hope they get worked out to the satisfaction of everyone before the season starts. And I'm glad that things seem to have settled down somewhat, at least in terms of public discourse. On super teams, just to be clear, I think from a league standpoint, we love super teams as long as they're formed 
in a way that seemed competitively fair across the league. Smart drafting, you know, st smart trades, et cetera, as opposed to one team has the ability to spend an enormous amount more than another team does. And I think the prov new provisions um, in this collective bargaining agreement go a long way towards a leavening impact across the league. About that because as, as I said to Ramona yeah. while Adam Silver was talking what about the Golden State Warriors I feel like they built their super team quote-unquote correctly drafted all of their guys and they are still being penalized at the same rate that the Los Angeles Clippers are for bringing in superstars but I'm gonna get out of your way perk your thoughts even playing field everybody gets an even opportunity and right now us four that is sitting up here on NBA today we can't pick who is going to win the NBA championship next year, this upcoming season, and I love it. That's how even the playing field is, and it's great for the league. Give me, give me a Kudos couple of days. Adam Silver, Let me think about it. Uh, the fame, it. It is, though. There is as much parity <laughs> as we have seen in the NBA as we head into next season. All right, still to come on NBA Today. Chanae, it's that time. It ain't your list. Oh, it ain't my <laughs> list. <laughs> it is not Ramona's list. Kendrick Perkins, whose list is it? I love to shoot the ball. It's something I've been doing since I was, you know, three years old. Curry from half court. Everybody talks about the greatest shooter ever. It's Curry for the record. It's Comfortable saying that now. The greatest shooter the game has ever seen. Curry along three. That's good. Curry from way downtown. Built Ram tough. You can see it in the greats. I'm the one they watch. You can see it in their face. If their hands get to moving, it's the the Dubs dynasty is still very much alive. They're on top of the NBA world. And for the first time ever, he's an NBA Finals MVP. MVP! MVP! Man, I love that. What they gonna say now? <clears throat> Back here with our panel. I think it's safe to say Steph Curry cemented himself one of the best point guards of all time. I mean, four-time champion. He's a finals MVP. He's a nine-time all-star, all-NBA, all-time three-point champion. The accolades, the list, they go on and on and on. But is he the best ever at his position? Well, our own young Masuk sat down exclusively with teammate Draymond Green. He weighed in on that entire debate. Take a listen. What Steph Curry has done to the game of basketball, which I think is an even bigger compliment than what you've done for the game. What he's done to the game of basketball, like how can he not be? Well, you have to explain that to Magic. <laughs> as tough as it is, because that's my Spartan dog, it's a very easy one for me. I got to roll with the dog that I rode in with. That's Steph Curry. All right, so Perk, Draymond, he is siding with Steph on his list, but it's time for you to give the people what they want. It is time for Big Perk's big list of uh, top oh. point guards of all oh time. So the floor is yours. Here we go. Uh, I've, been on, I've been on vacation for the last week, and all I've been hearing is Big Perk, Big Fella, we miss you. And my question to you is, to y'all was, did you miss me for real? Hell yeah, y'all did, and I'm back. This is not Malika list, Ramona list, or Sinead list. This is Big Earth list, all-time point guard. Starting at number five, 
This guy did it not one, not two, not three, not four, but four times. He did it four times. Bam! We going Russell Westbrook. Four times he averaged a triple-double. Four seasons, he averaged a triple-double. Three of them, well, three of those seasons were in a row, consecutive seasons. Russell Westbrook is a Hall of Famer for sure. We're talking about a guy that has led the league in assists three years in a row, led the league in scoring one time in his career, has done it all. Coming in at number four, I got to give him some props. Malik, I'm throwing you a live fresh off a of vacation. Give me all the energy in the world. Let me get it. Bam! Oh, uh, that was weak, but I'll take it. I'm going with John Stockton. I'm going with John Stockton, the all-time leader in assists. He mastered the pick and roll, mastered the pick and pop with Carl Malone. Look at those dimes. I don't think ever, no one will ever break his record, and I'm going on the record saying that. He changed the game in a different type of way. Janae, give me some energy. I see you from New York. Here we go at number three. Let's run it. In New York, there we go. There we go. I love the vocals. We going with Isaiah Thomas at a time where everybody was talking about Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Isaiah Thomas say, I'm in the building right now. Matter of fact, he sent Michael Jordan to the weight room and told him, hey, young fella, get your weight up. Isaiah Thomas is my number three on Big Perk's list. At number two, Momo, Ramona, what the energy at? Give it to me right now. Where's that? <laughs> yeah, we going with Magic Johnson, right? Look, we can debate about who's the greatest passer of all time, but damn it, it was Magic. He saved the NBA. The NBA was about to go bankrupt, and then all of a sudden, Magic came and bought Showtime not only to LA, but to the league. At number one, I'm running it. I'm running with Draymond Green, the light-skinned oh brother gosh. with the green eyes. Wow. I'm not a Golden State Warrior hater. We're talking about a guy that has changed the game forever. Four-time NBA champion, one-time finals MVP, two-time MVP. Steph Curry is magnificent. He has changed the game forever again. This is not the people on the cruise list. This is not Sinead's list. This is not Malika list. This is not Ramona list. This is Big Perk's all-time point guard list top five. Wow. You know what, Big Perk, that is all you. Before we bounce, Perk, did, did you see yeah. this? <laughs> Nikola Jokic, I mean, he may not have known exactly oh, what he's, he's bouncing. Day <laughs> the celebration was for the Denver hey. Nuggets, but after Serbia, he's like doing a little Millie Rock. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Is all the fans here? That's what you're supposed to do when you win the NBA okay, championship. <laughs> Live it up, big fella. I feel like he He's hasn't stopped dancing since he won the finals. You know what? That is Can't what I aspire with the black to be. I see you. I see yes. Ramona. Perk and I didn't. I did. Oh, Perk, too? What? Oh, it's my, it's my white half. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for us here on NBA Today. We're going to see you tomorrow. Oh, my God. NFL Live is coming up next. Perk. <laughs> <laughs>